0: And the journey continues. Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Initials Podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm Kyle. and this week we're going to be talking about leadership and how you can become a lead developer.
1: As always, replying to questions of people that are just maybe curious or they want a position of leadership in the technical team. So first question, what is a lead iOS developer? Okay? I think it depends on the company. So instead of trying to argue like what is a Lead Developer as a common definition, I'm going to say what I would look for in a Lead iOS Developer role. Let's say if I'm trying to hire a Lead Developer or if I want to apply to a position as a Lead iOS Developer. For me, a Lead iOS Developer is a professional with very strong technical background in a position of leadership in the dev team. So it's not the best developer in the team, although it might be, but it's a developer that will have much more responsibilities than just coding. You'll be responsible for the team success, whatever that means.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's the intersection of coding and team success. And whatever is in the Intersection there, this is the magic that makes lead developers. And it can vary from team to team, from business to business. It, it's not fixed. I would uh, say that the two main ingredients are technical excellence and leadership. That's it. But what do these two entail? Well, it depends.
1: Exactly. So, although some companies will offer you a position of lead iOS developer, but you have no autonomy, you have no saying, you're just supposed to be the best developer, I don't think you should take that position. You should probably look for another position as a lead in another company where they value and are going to give you the autonomy to build a successful team. And part of that is coding. Sometimes you'll be coding 100% of the time, sometimes you'll be coding 50% of the time, sometimes you're not going to be coding at all. Whatever the team needs to succeed, you lead them to success. Yes. And it's hard to shift that. It's not about you. It's about the team.
0: Exactly. Because I don't know. You might say, I miss coding. Like, let me do this feature. You know, Kayo, step aside. I'm going to do this feature. Yes. That, that, uh, might not be the optimal choice for the, Team and for the business so it's up to you to detach from the coding identity that brought you to this point in your career and where the leadership hat.
1: yes and a lot of people are afraid of stepping away from coding but a lead developer codes a lot so you're still gonna code a lot but Sometimes you need to step down from coding and maybe help your peers. Let's say someone in the team is not delivering on time. You can maybe go there and write the feature for them. How would this help the team? Well, immediately you help the team deliver the feature. But going forward, you didn't help your peer become better so they can be more independent and finish the feature on their own. So you need to make this decision as a leader and say, no, I'm either going to pair with this person and they are going to finish the feature. I'm just going to guide them a little bit or I'm going to pair them with another senior that can help them become better. And I'm going to monitor that so the team can be independent. They should not rely on you for everything. You should build independent teams so you're not a bottleneck.
0: This is the mentality... Give a man a fish, uh, he eats for today. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. In a, nu- in a nutshell, that that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how you do it um, in uh, in teams. You want to create the foundation for autonomy. You don't want to be the bottleneck when you are leading a team. So,
1: in a team context,
0: the collective
1: has. Preference over the individual. And as a lead. You should be the example of that. Yes. It should help everyone around you. Become better. Even better than you. Yes. You can make people. Become better than you. Then they can get your lead position. And you can step up to another higher position. You can become a tech lead. A principal engineer. And etc.
0: Exactly. It's very hard. Especially in the beginning. To to do so, because you are competitive, uh, because you are at these high levels, uh, professionally, and y- you don't want to lose the edge. It's very important to understand, though, that there is no distinction between these two. Edge in programming and edge in becoming a lead developer. These are two different things. Although there might be the word developer in the title, there are two different things. Your goal is to have a successful team, which is going to produce a lot.
1: Yeah. And what about lead developers that work alone? Who are they leading? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can say that a lead developer is leading the development. So you can be a lead developer working on your own. Yes. I just don't think that if that's your role, you can scale your results. I wouldn't want a position as a lead developer working alone. Right. Because I could not scale my results. Thus, I'm not going to get the best rewards. Yes. How can you be a leader if there are no followers?
0: (laughs) So what you're saying is, in plain terms, if you want to be a leader, you just need followers.
1: Yes, pretty much.
0: If you want to be a good leader, (laughs) that's a whole different (laughs) proposition.
1: Yeah, because there are teams that they don't have someone with the title of lead or tech lead or any lead position. Yes. But there is that developer that kind of is calling the shots, you know, there is helping everyone, there is making tough decisions, there is taking risks. Yes. That when they say people stop and listen, that's the leader. So you don't need to earn the lead title to start leading. So that's it. What is a lead developer? It's a professional with very strong technical skills, dev skills, in a leadership position, taking risks and helping the team succeed. So, when things go bad, the lead needs to take the blame and ask, how could I have helped the team avoid this and how can I help them avoid this next time? And when there is a success, it's a team success. It's not your success.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. So if you th- if you think this is unfair perhaps you're not ready yet because this is exactly the mentality required um for a lead developer to have. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's uh, it's it's sometimes it sounds uh, it seems unfair.
1: Well, yeah, if you thinking about yourself it isn't fair. But as a, in a leader position, you should think about the collective. Think about the collective. No, it's not unfair because you would not achieve that on your own. Yes. At least you would not achieve that in the same time with the same amount of quality. If you could do something alone, you wouldn't have a team. You would just work alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. You go in a collective. You go with a team.
0: That's it.
1: So that's it. Next question. What does a lead iOS developer do? Again, a lead developer is responsible for helping the team succeed. So a lead developer is still a developer, still going to code, but that's just a small part of what they do. Sometimes they'll be coding full-time, but sometimes they're not going to be coding at all. They'll be mentoring the team, building the team, helping the company hire people. So interview, reviews, feedback, Training, you know, sometimes even negotiating budget for training for the team. All those added responsibilities.
0: Of course, because they they need to identify if the team is on the right track. If the team has any gaps, if there are any liabilities in the team. Yes. In the operations. So once they identify what is missing, what needs to be fixed, they need to do the work to fix it. They need to create the processes. They need to ask the business for uh, extra budget for training because they can foresee what is coming.
1: Let's say the team cannot automate regression testing in the app and the lead starts seeing that, wow, manual testing is taking more and more time, more and more time. As we go forward, there will be a point we won't be able to release features optimally anymore. Yes. It's going to cost too much. If we don't start training the team now and start paying the tech debt, everyone's going to lose. Maybe there will be no team to lead in the future.
0: And they they, they identify these things when everyone thinks things fun are fine, things are okay, things are working, mm-hmm. we are shipping features, but a good lead will see that. And uh, they're going to plan for the worst and hope for the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do something about that because that's the, 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 there needs to be a constant thinking process. What if, and the what if refers to something bad happening, right? So yeah. this is the risk management uh, part that we've been talking about. You need to be able to uh think in these terms, think in categorizing the team's actions, your own actions to assets or liabilities,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And,
0: As we said before, everything, 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 every single line of code, every configuration, every meeting, everything that is, every communication attempt is either an asset or a liability. And yeah, you want to fill the assets bucket, you know, like we said before, build times, test times, modularity, dependencies, all these things, if they start accumulating, Right? and they, 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 are, they have a, f- a high value, let's say, build times or test times, yeah, it's going to affect very negatively the team. As a team leader, you need to monitor uh, these things. And you need to be proactive. And you need to enforce policies for them not to pass a specific threshold. Standards
1: as well. Yeah. Set high standards and help the team. Comply to them. Yes. Because just setting the standards, and if your team cannot comply to them, they need training. So you cannot just set the standards. You need to set the standards along with the training, along with the mentoring, whatever the team needs to succeed.
0: Exactly. Whatever it needs, you provide.
1: That's it. Think of the collective. Yes. And not every company will expect this from a lead developer. Some companies just want to give you the lead developer title just to mean you are the best developer, go there and do your coding. But again, I don't think you should take that position because they're not going to give you the autonomy to take the risks. You won't have the influence to build a strong team. You have much less responsibilities and, of course, less rewards. So if you want a leadership position, those are the traits we think you should look for. Those are the skills you need to build and you need to find a company that will give you that position of leadership.
0: And uh, as you said before, if they don't give it to you, just go after it. If there is a team that has no uh, lead developer and you're interested in achieving the next step in your career, just go after it. Be proactive and start deciding and improving for the collective and mm-hmm. talk with them gain information and then reiterate the whole process it's, I mean most probably it's not gonna be handed to you, you know? yes <laughs> like somehow you're gonna have to earn it so um, I think this is this is a good opportunity to to start with something that you know already so in your current team in your current company You know the environment, you know the people, you know what everyone is capable of. If you're looking for the patterns already, you have extra insight, right? Instead of Mm -hmm. just moving to a new company, to a new team where, you know, you basically need to start from scratch. I mean, like this requires a lot of experience to, to handle properly, you know, and tremendous discipline, tremendous discipline to... Deliver what the business requires and then have the developers happy as well.
1: Yeah. And you can start with small, small actions. You can bring a book from your own collection to the office. and can discuss that with your peers. Hey, I read this book here. Let's, Let's start maybe a book club. Let's start talking about some development topics that can help the team here. Yeah. Or you see that one of your team members needs an HDMI cable for his monitor and he's trying to talk... To the IT support, and the IT support tells you that well, it's gonna take two weeks. Right. When you know, you can go to Amazon.com and buy it for one quid.
0: Just same, same day, delivery. maybe get
1: it same day delivery. <laughs> yes. You know, so or lunchtime, you just walk to a store and you get it. Two pounds. Problem solved. That's it. A problem in the team that was stressing out a developer. They couldn't work with the setup they wanted. Solved in five minutes or less. Yes. You know, start taking those small actions.
0: Small actions. Someone might ask now, am I going to buy a cable, you know, from my own pocket when there are procedures in <laughs> IT and all the bureaucratic stuff there? Like, that's the leader mindset. Like, yes. What? What Are we talking about the cost of an HDMI cable? What is it like?
1: Yeah. And maybe you can ask that money back later on. Yes. Right.
0: But this is, I think this is a good opportunity for a segue to the next topic here. How a leader thinks about the short term and the long term as well. So it's not just about, uh, the short term gains. It's about the long term mm-hmm. gains and this cost of like, whatever, 10 quid, 15, 100 quid, you know, in the long term, if you keep solving <laughs> problems like that all the time, I mean, the financial matter is n- is never going to be an issue because you're going to be so good at what you're doing and you're going to be providing peace of mind to businesses Yes, be- because of your unique skills uh, and your unique attitude, right? So, of course, I'm not saying go back HDMI cables for everyone, you know, <laughs> all the time, right? I'm just saying the, the, the growth mindset required. Yes. And also,
1: beware that you cannot just go and buy, for example, software for the team. If you work for a bank, for example, there are specific processes a software needs to go through until you can install it in your machine for security reasons. Yes. So that's that's not it. Don't trump the process if there's any like security concerns. But if it's something small, something tiny that's going to give immediate results for the team, just go for it. Yes. That's you it. You know, that's it. So, next question why would I want to become a lead iOS developer and take more responsibilities? Right. (laughs) Let's say, as they're listening to this podcast, they start thinking that, wow, sounds like a lead developer has a lot of responsibilities. Yes. And has a lot of risks as well. Yes. Why would I want that? Well, it's not for everyone. It's hard, but the rewards make it worth it. The rewards. Let's start with financial. Financial rewards. You're going to get much better positions in companies. First of all, better compensation packages. You can break free from market caps. When senior developers are making average salaries, you can go beyond that. If you become a competent leader, which is a hard skill to find, you'll be able to work in most companies. So that's the financial reward, but that's not just financial you also gain the influence within the team. First of all, to build a team of like-minded people. You'll be involved in the interviews. Maybe you'll be calling the shot who gets hired or not. So you have this position where you can build a team of high standards and like-minded people. Because we get a lot of questions from developers telling us, my lead is terrible. My senior developer is worse than me. Sounds like you need to step up you maybe get a lead position somewhere else. And you build a team of yes. like-minded people. You can as a lead. You have the influence to do so. You can also negotiate better working conditions. We just mentioned in this podcast. You can negotiate budgets. You have more influence in the design of the system. In the interaction with the business. In the processes. And the impact of helping your peers succeed. The developers. The team the product, the business, the customers, that's it. Much more autonomy to help others, to create an environment you would like to work in and you also have the financial rewards.
0: Exactly. And it it, it also serves as a window to other career paths. You're going to be exposed to so many problems and so many other disciplines that are uh, required for you to learn and understand that in case you want to do something else in your life then you're you're gonna be so much more ahead than others perhaps Uh, so it's it's a fantastic opportunity to do so as well overall i think the the one word that comes to mind is very high satisfaction like when you're when you help others when you help the business when you're managing a bunch of things correctly, it's it's a it's a, it produces a very great it produces a great feeling of satisfaction. So yeah, I think that's a, that's that should go also up there.
1: Yeah, that's a skill that transfers to everything. Yes. Next question: How can I succeed as a lead iOS developer? First of all, stop thinking about the individual especially thinking just about you, and start thinking more about the collective. And then, in our view, there are three pillars that support a remarkable lead iOS developer career. And the three pillars are empathy, integrity, and economics. If any of those pillars collapses, the whole thing will collapse eventually. So, empathy is required to understand the next person. When you start thinking about the collective, you need to have empathy to understand what's going on with others. Yes. To find mutual benefits, to understand what's going on in the team, in the business, in the market, in the product, in the customer side.
0: It's a great tool to identify if everyone's incentives are aligned uh, with the team's incentives and the business incentives and just assert that, yeah, we're all good, we believe in the same thing, we are happy. If the incentives are not aligned, then uh, that means that people are not happy, people want something different, and you need to plan ahead for that.
1: Yeah, and empathy is not about agreement. It's not about agreeing to everything. And No, it's about understanding where... The other person is coming from. Understanding yeah. the person on the other side of the table. If you understand that, then you can work your way around to sit on the same side, if it makes sense.
0: Exactly. How they feel and why they feel the way it is. Because if you can understand why they feel the way it is, then you can understand the actions. Right? What's the famous quote Tell me the incentive and I'll show you the action or the opposite, perhaps.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they both make sense. So, yes, you want to be on top of these things. You want you want to be able um, to understand and people uh, communicate with you. So that's a different, uh, also, skill there required. But be open enough, respect you enough, um, in, uh, inspire them enough for them to communicate uh, whatever it is that they're bugging them or it is they're happy. So
1: Yes. For example, empathy. Maybe someone in the team don't like to test. They refuse to test and you think they're just being stubborn. Right. But if you exercise empathy, you might find out that they're just afraid because they don't know how to test. So they're being defensive, trying to push the team not to do it. Yes, Thus, they don't jeopardize their position in the team so it's just about understanding that you understand where they're coming from then you can help them can train them and give them all the space they need to learn that skill and succeed in the team
0: literally this example how many times we've seen the
1: yes so that's it second pillar integrity integrity is mandatory in a team work ethics You know, like you don't hide mistakes. You don't lie. Because you know, in the long term, the lack of integrity will destroy the team.
0: Exactly. And it also means working as a whole, integrity. Working as a sum, from Latin integral there. Mm -hmm. So you want a collective. You don't want just pieces uh, working on their own, No, you want a collective effort and sure, there are always going to be developers that are better than others. But what you want is the developers that aren't experienced to have the hunger, to have the drive. Mm -hmm. And you want to lay the path for them to become better.
1: Because every developer has the strong points and weak points. No one is perfect at everything. As a leader, You help people maximize their strength and minimize their weaknesses as well. So you're going to help them maximize and become their best self. It's not about comparing Bob is better than Mark. Right. It's not about that. It's about Mark is much better than Mark a month ago. And Bob is much better than Bob a month ago. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Keep building your team, supporting your peers. And you need integrity. Professionalism. That's the foundation. And the third pillar, economics. Economics. A big problem in software development. The developers cannot translate their actions to the outcomes. How it impacts the whole product. How it impacts the company. How avoiding testing one day can become a domino effect. They will affect In the next three months, the whole team understanding how actions and reactions will impact everyone's life and making the decisions for achieving the short-term goals without long-term repercussions, without taking away from the long-term. Because if you don't have a strong foundation in the economics in the team, there will be no team to lead at some point.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Let's
1: say you're trying to agree with the team and be their friends, right? You want to be friends with your team. They don't want to test, so you're going to make it easy for them. You don't let them test. And then they want to use these 12 libraries. And you help them and you'll say, yeah, use the 12 libraries. And the tech tests start piling up. Until it takes weeks and weeks and weeks to run manual regression testing before you can release it. And then you need to outsource part of that work. At some point you don't have the budget anymore, to outsource that work, so you need to start laying off your team. You need to understand the economics of the decisions, because a decision today will impact the team in the future.
0: So th- that's the asynchrony nature of uh, code and of uh, programming decision making. And what better what better example than uh, tech debt? Uh, you get. Uh, a hacky solution right now, and you make your project work, or you ship the product, and then down the road you just can't work there anymore. It blows up. I mean, it's exactly the same uh, with uh, w- with actual monetary uh, debt and uh, in in the finance world. And the reason it's so similar, it's because the core uh underlying asset is the same like we manage um uh, uh, risk for the products that mm-hmm. generate money basically so you you just can't have a static perception about indicators such as build times test times dependencies just going up and saying well you know it's yeah if i add more code it's going to go up if I add more tests, it's going to go up. If I add more dependencies, yes, my build times, my complexity is going to go up. And be fine with that. Uh, you need to be vigilant, uh, especially as a lead developer, of course, right? And monitor the situation because it's systemic risk. It's going to mm-hmm. affect everyone. It is not contained. Like these things, these three specific um, me- uh, metrics... I just mentioned they are not contained. They affect everyone, the project, the team, the business, the customers, of course. Um, so economics is a, is a, is a great lens to look things through, I believe, because there are so many lessons we can learn, uh, from history and from other disciplines, such as accounting, behavioral economics, behavioral finance, trading. That they they're gonna make our lives uh, easier, and I'll give you an example here. Economics uh, is the science supposedly that observes rational decisions, but right, like there is this homo economicus, the um, uh, the rational man that makes decisions. And I, I, of course, I'm oversimplifying here, and. The, the thing is that we, we don't make rational decisions. You know, we don't make rational economic decisions. And why is that? Well, you know, because our behavior cannot be explained through just a single model. Uh, it's chaotic out there and Mm -hmm. it's exactly the same. We have found it's exactly the same in teams uh, and in code bases that the rational decision is not always the one that is being taken. So you need to be able to account for Irrational decisions for decisions that are going to be affecting negatively, not just now, because now they might seem fine, but in the future, the code base and the team and the business. And you need to balance that.
1: Because sometimes there is no logical decision. There's nothing logical to do. You need to run an experiment. right? Sometimes using a library is the right thing to do. Yes but you need to manage the risk. For example, you're going to use a bunch of libraries. No problem. At least add an abstraction. So if you need to replace the library with something else in the future, it will be easy to do. Right? So we want to limit the negative impact decisions can have by using good practices. Because nothing is perfect, but there's definitely wrong answers They've been failing over and over and over. Anti-patterns. Yes. And we want to avoid them as much as possible. And take risks in things that will give big returns. So you want to take risks. Yes. But you expect massive returns from those risks. Now, if you risk with something that's been failed over and over, and it's been documented, and there are books about it, it's a documented anti pattern. That's a silly risk. Yes. The payoff is small and the chances of failing is high. You wanna invert that. Yes. You wanna take risks with huge payoffs. So even if you fail by taking the risk, the risk will not destroy the team.
0: That's it. You're talking about how you can shift from systemic risk to a constrained model there. and. That's exactly correct, what you're saying. Again, there are all these anti-patterns. There are specific behaviors that developers do that can be classified into behaviors that are going to bring systemic risk. For example, use globals out of nowhere, anywhere. Systemic risk right there because the whole code base is in danger there. Or yes. in the example that you said, let's if you're going to use a library, hide behind an interface. Well, you just uh, introduced an abstraction. Now this library cannot enter the system. It's going to be uh, it's going to be constrained on the outer parts of the system, right? In the infrastructure mm-hmm. implementations, and yes. these are the behaviors that you want. And I mean, imagine like all the Behaviors that do not conform on the solid principles, for for instance, or uh, that they don't use dependency injection pro- properly and they use all the dependency injection anti-patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Instantly, they are classified as, as behaviors that are going to introduce either um, reckless technical debt or they're going to just cause some sort of problem in the future.
1: Liabilities. Yes. They are taking away... The resources from the team rather than giving the team resources.
0: Yes. Yes. It is guaranteed that at some point a developer will be unhappy when working in this codebase. Guaranteed. There is absolutely no mm-hmm. way a codebase that has enforced these sort of behaviors are gonna is gonna bring joy to people. <laughs> it's it's very simple.
1: And it translates: unhappy developer, unhappy boss, unhappy customer. Yep. He leaks. Yes and it comes back to the developer as well so three pillars empathy integrity and economics if you want a remarkable career as a lead developer that's what you should focus as the foundation so next question does a lead ios developer make more money than a senior ios developer well often yes but it depends a senior developer at company A, can make more money than lead developer at company B. But in the same company, in the same team, most probably the lead will have a better compensation package. Why? Because they take more responsibilities, more risks. Thus, they take more rewards. Yes. So, that's it. You should be looking for a position as a lead developer with more responsibilities and more rewards. Next question. How do I become a lead iOS developer? Well, first of all, to become a leader, you just need followers, as we said previously. Yes. So you don't need the title of lead iOS developer. You could be a senior developer or even a mid-level developer or I've seen junior developers and they had such a good attitude the people will always be looking up to them to ask questions, invite them, to give talks, right. to represent them in meetings. You know, so you can become a leader without the title of a leader. Now, if you mean is how do I become a lead iOS developer as earning the title? Well, you just need to apply to the positions <laughs> and maybe get a job. But if you want to step up from a senior to a lead position, from within your company, you need to start becoming a leader. You need to start helping the team succeed. Yes. right. Because someone can give you the title of lead iOS developer, but if no one listens to you, if no one takes your advice, if no one wants your help, if no one likes you in the team, that's going to be very hard. You're not actually a leader. You just have the lead position.
0: Before helping others, set the path for yourself first. Become a leader for yourself. So, yes, set the path, set the foundation, and grow. Grow a little bit every single day. And this is going to compound. At some point, it's going to become second nature to you. And then you're going to be able (laughs) to do it um, for others as well and help others. Uh, grow and solve their problems and make uh, their lives easier. Now, if if you make their lives easier, if you solve the problems, that means you provide more value. That's it. Done.
1: I like what you said. It's like, if you want to fix the world, first, fix your bed. No, organize yes. your room. <laughs> That's it. It's a simple Start thing. with small, small things. Be disciplined with yourself first. Be a role model. And of course, lead developer. You need to be very good technically. Yes. You want to be a good lead developer. Achieve technical excellence and leadership skills. Practice and read books. Take courses. Find a mentor. You can teach someone to be a lead. It's a skill. Leadership is a skill that can be taught. Yes. If you want to be a good lead, not just the best developer around, if you want to influence change, take responsibilities, actually lead a team of developers. It's a skill and you can learn. That's it. Next question. Is the lead iOS developer the best iOS developer in the team? Well, often. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. You can be a very good developer with very strong leadership skills but you're not the best developer in the team. But you are the best leader in the team. By the way, a good lead developer will want to surround themselves with people that are better than them. Yes. Right? That's it. You don't have to be the best one. You often will be the best one, but you need to be a good leader if you want to be a good lead iOS developer. So you need to be good. You don't need to be the best. So as a lead developer... You need to have confidence. So if there's someone better than you in the team, you learn from them. And if there are people that are not as good as you, you teach them to become better than you. Like martial arts, again. I keep saying this. <laughs> A good black belt makes black belts are better than them. A bad black belt keeps people below their level because they are afraid. They're not confident. You want to prepare leaders as well.
0: And again, it all comes down to the same question every single time. You're going to see a developer perhaps, um, applying for the team and you're going to see that they have excellent skills, probably better than you. You're going to say, is this an asset or a liability for my team? (laughs) I am leading a team that I want as a collective to produce great work, make great stuff. So is this person going to help us do that or not? Because, you know, like you, you need to also assess maybe they have the skills, but the attitude is terrible. Um, or the opposite. Maybe they don't have the, the expected skills, but the attitude is extremely good and extremely good fit for the team.
1: Yeah. And not every senior developer wants a position of leadership. Yes. So... Some people think that if someone is better than me in my team, they're going to take my job. No, some people are better than you, but they don't want your job. Yes. (laughs) They're happy what they do. You know, they have other goals in life. Yes. And if they want your job, that's a great incentive for you to start looking. "Mm, Maybe I should go one level above now. I should look for my next step. And I help this person step up to my position and I go somewhere else, maybe inside the same company or somewhere else. Don't be afraid. (laughs) No. Next question. Can I become a lead developer without having amazing technical skills? Right. So let's say I have very good leadership skills, but my technical skills are not very good. Can I become a lead developer? Well, is it possible? Yes. Do I recommend it? No. No, because it's a lead developer position. Right? So you need the technical skills. Otherwise, maybe you should look for a manager position if you want to be in a leadership role but not dealing a lot with technical decisions. Right, There are other positions you can take in the company. But if you want to be a proficient lead developer, achieve a remarkable career as a lead developer, we recommend you to become technically excellent.
0: Yes. Otherwise, it's going to be a lose-lose Right. It's going to be a lose for uh, yourself and a lose for others as well. And you don't want that. This is not going to help you grow your career. It's going to be a setback. Right. That's why we recommend. Yeah. Build the technical excellence first.
1: Yeah. Because maybe you get a position and you make more money and you get something nice in your CV. But if the position is too high for you, like you're not, able to perform in that position in the long term you're gonna damage your career
0: yes it's
1: much better to take maybe a senior position improve and then step up to a leadership position or if you don't like the technical stuff you don't like coding you don't like development maybe switch to a manager position, product owner I don't know next question I want to be a lead developer, but I'm afraid all the developers in the team might be better than me.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: For example, what if I'm responsible for interviewing other developers and someone is better than me? Well, if you are the lead, you go to interview someone and they are better than you. You hire them. (laughs) That's it. You're going to learn from them, first of all. They're going to make the team better. That's your role as a lead. Make the team better. You found someone better than you? Fantastic. Hire them. And you give them the tools to outperform. That's it. Because probably they are applying for a senior position. They're good technically. So they're going to fulfill a role in the team. A technical role. Better than you then you can focus in other stuff. Yes. The team succeeds, you succeed, everyone succeeds.
0: You need to detach any (laughs) ego and just understand what is best for the collective. That's it. As you do that year over year over year, you're going to reach very far. (laughs) That's
1: it. A lead developer should be building remarkable teams. If you want a remarkable career. Of course. So again, not every company will expect those things from a lead developer. But we think you should be looking for a company that expects this from a lead developer. Because that's the place you're going to grow the most. That's where you're going to grow as a professional, as a developer, as a leader. That's what you should be looking for. Especially if you're a senior developer and you don't like the situation you are in right now. You don't like the team you're part of. You don't like your leader. Maybe you should become a leader and build a remarkable team instead.
0: Make it happen. Do something about it. it.
1: That's it. You cannot find the team you want. You build it.
0: Yes. Yes. Go after it.
1: That's it. So those are the questions we have today. I'm pretty sure we're going to come back to this topic because we are very interested in helping developers achieve a remarkable career. Yes. And learning leadership skills and becoming a good lead is key to a remarkable career. So if you want to learn more, you can go to academy.essentialdeveloper.com.
0: Okay, so this is going to do it for this edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. Please let us know your thoughts, your comments, your feedback. And we'll see you again next time bye yo see ya